And the other thing that should happen is the media should stop conflating the two. By that, I mean they should stop taking video and photos and still images of people peacefully protesting and calling them the same thing as people setting things on fire yes. and stealing sneakers from a footlocker. Yes. They're merging the two together, and that's not what it is. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. We should also stop being so surprised at the fucking revolving cycle that happens when protests start peaceful during the day and then people stick around at night waiting for the police to arrive so a riot can start. We're all guilty. All of us. All people, all, all citizens, all civilians, and the police are guilty of this. We know it's going to happen, but the police march right up in their military gear expecting nope, the, the, everything will be peaceful. Our presence won't cause chaos, right? right? People will be happy about our presence here. So we, we, we go, I wonder why this is happening. Why is everyone so upset? Why is, this ever, why is everyone so enraged? We need to stop acting so surprised with that. Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the show. In this episode, Patrick and I talk about the Tyron Woodley and Gilbert Burns UFC fight from Saturday night. We dive deep into the George Floyd case. We share a few stories about run-ins that we've had with police, and we share our favorite Point Fest memories. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato. I am here with my co-host, Patrick Blair, and uh, we're going to talk some stuff today what on, an a, on a beautiful Sunday. Is it beautiful up it where is, you are? It is, it is beautiful, yes. Yes. I, t- I, told, I texted you before the show, and I said, man, today would be an awesome day to be doing this on a patio. Yeah, good thing you said that five minutes before we were supposed to start. Because you would have done it? Maybe, but not five minutes, not enough time, because you live four hours away yeah on the banks of some creek somewhere well i didn't figure that i I thought you were too scared to be around people still so i didn't think it would happen anyways well where you live it's not just corona related it's for multiple reasons i think but yeah listen stds don't count why would i be worried about that out there i don't know i'm not anyone's cousin what does that mean (laughs) never mind (laughs) that was Um, a very asshole comment (laughs) I'm sorry. I wasn't no, talking not, about you. Not at all. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about you. I was just talking about your neighbors. My heritage? Your neighbors. <laughs> your heritage. <laughs> not nice, man. Not nice at all. Um, It's a sad day for multiple reasons, despite being so nice outside. Which is, you know, I think after we're done, I'm, I'm going to have to spend the rest of my day outside because I am sad for multiple reasons, but... A large part of why I'm sad is because Tyron Woodley lost last night. He's you, one of my favorites. So is he like a second behind Stipe for you? 
Probably, yeah. I mean, I think he's top three. And is it yeah, ju- is, it, say- is it just because he's a local guy? Um, it has a lot to do with it. I I I'm for I I got to see him wrestle in high school. He was like in in let me just say this in Missouri when during his, well I'll call it his senior year of high school. So, but in Missouri he was like the LeBron James of wrestling. Like when he walked into a gym. Everyone kind of stopped what they were doing to watch watch him wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time I I was at a tournament that he was at, and I was wrestling at the same time as him, meaning our matches were going on at the same time. And once my coach said, hey, what mat am I on? My coach was like, Matt, four. And I look over, and Tyron Woodley is standing on Matt, four. And I go, no, 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 that can't be <laughs> – this is a true story. I, dude, I almost shit my singlet. I was like, no, 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 that can't be. Are you guys, are you sure? He goes, no, 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 six. I'm like, Jesus, thank God, because he was a brick shit house in high school. What was the weight? He, what, what was the weight class difference there between you guys? Uh, he would have been twenty five pounds heavier than me. What What did you wrestle at? I wrestled at one thirty. Okay. Well, this this tournament, I would have been wrestling one thirty. So I'm pretty sure he was, I don't, you know what? I don't remember exactly what he wrestled at his senior year, but I'm pretty sure that's right. One, I want to say 154, but yeah, he was a lot bigger than me. So I, I panicked. I was, there was internal panic there. Um, but he was, dude, he, he was one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen live. Anyway, um, there were a few, a few guys that uh, came up the same time as me that were just beyond beyond great i mean you were you were it was a special thing to see them i had a guy that graduated in my class he uh he won state our senior year he was sort of the same way like he he didn't garner that attention until our senior year but our senior year everyone stopped what they were doing um to watch him wrestle because he was that good had his own like private russian coach and shit like he Dang. would go off on his own yeah it was just like nutty shit i mean he was hands down i mean just leaps and bounds better right. than someone like myself so Tyron was the same way. So I, you know, I've I've known of him and known about him for a long time. Um, so when he was started coming up in MMA, I got really excited to a see how good he would be, and obviously one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Um, and you know, be able to actually see him on the highest level at the UFC. I had that sort of proud sort of STL sort right. of thing behind it. So right. yeah, that had a lot to do with it. But also, I man, I just liked I liked. I mean, the guys got a cannon for a right hand and when he puts people out it's devastating you know where so, did, where did tyron woodley go to school he went to mizzou no well, uh, no high college school. uh high school was mcclure mcclure yeah so what part of st louis is that in uh it's north county north county ish okay yeah yeah i've got a buddy a local buddy i think you might have met him once uh here at the house but he you know told me that because he used to wrestle back in high school and he said he went to, they went to a camp at Mizzou and he actually got to wrestle with Tyron a little bit. And he said, Tyron just ragdolled him like he was nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, believe me. I mean, when I'm talking, I almost shit my pants when I saw this guy where I was, <laughs> I, I was supposedly supposed to be, I mean, I was panicking. Like I thought I was going to have an anxiety attack and pass out. I was just like, there's no way I got to wrestle that guy. And at that time I knew who he was. And I was like, but the the thought of well wait he's not my weight so coach you're obviously wrong that didn't matter right. I was still panicking uh-huh. because I just his the presence and what he looked like I was like 
so sad to see him lose. I mean, he and not only did he lose last night, but he got he got beat up, got dominated. Um, you know, he's really relying on that counter striking like he has his past four fights now. Um, which in a in a smaller octagon, he had less room to back up and counter strike. So I think that had a little bit to do with it, but I don't know. Gilbert Burns is just he's he's at that level right now where Tyron was when Tyron won the title. He was just He's feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I, so I didn't get to watch the fight last night, but I was, I was watching the highlights this morning and watched most of the fight pretty much. And I was impressed by Woodley, honestly. I, like, I know he lost and it was a pretty, pretty dominating performance by Burns. But as far as what Woodley went through and his cardio still was pretty impressive for the stuff that he had to go through, the, the terror that was Gilbert Burns last night. Um, yeah, I mean, he got dropped twice, um, was mounted a couple of times, was taken down a couple of times. So yeah, I mean, his cardio was there. He looked great. I mean, he looked good. You know, you got to understand, and, and, and I, I say this and I, I don't like saying it, but I feel the same way I do with him. I, I feel with him the same way I do about Stipe and Cowboy. I think it might be time to retire. He's 38. Yeah. You cannot beat the clock. I mean, you just can't. And when it's, uh, it could be that time. Now, again, he's one of the most athletic, still one of the most athletic fighters in MMA. He still looked good, still looked explosive. He didn't really, he landed the right hand a couple of times, but he, they were, they weren't flush. Like when he hits you flush, you, you go, you go to sleep. Burns was kind of rolling off the punch when they did land. So, uh, they had a game plan. They were prepared for that counter right hand. Um, but he still looked powerful. He still looked quick. You know, his speed is still there, but he's again, he's 38, you know? know? So, you know, we've talked about this kind of thing before, but MMA is an interesting, one of the most interesting sports in my opinion, because of, you, you know, the most, most fighters will do is two fights a year. Most of the time, unless you're a cowboy or somebody like that, who just will fight whenever, whoever doesn't matter who cares, you know, but, we're talking about a guy who we're we should he maybe should retire, maybe, but yeah. he's two fights out from a title, from holding a title, but that's a year or longer. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 crazy to think that we're talking about somebody who should probably retire, but two fights ago he had a title around his waist. Yeah. But you know it's it's just the way the game's played. It's just it's crazy. It's most one of the most interesting sports to me. I agree. And I mean, if you think about it, forget about how many fights that would be, but just timeline, that's possibly two years until a potential title shot. Right. Now you're 40 years old. Now you've slowed down even more, even though you're training. I mean, the guy's going to continue to train yeah. and he's going to continue to be in better shape than most human beings ever will. Um, but in MMA, you, when you fall half a step behind someone, it, it makes a world of difference. I mean, and you notice now he didn't look slow. He didn't look like he did. He's, he lost any power, but he looked half a step behind Gilbert Burns the entire night. Yeah. He just did. Now he looked tentative at times and you could, and his coaches were even saying that like, look, you got to pull the trigger. You got to throw combinations together. When he kicks, you need to counter the kick. And when his coaches told him to do that, he did it once or twice. And then he abandoned it for two and a half rounds. 
And then finally, at the end of the fourth round and the start of the fifth round, it was too late. It was too late to counter those kicks. He had the adrenaline dump. He was tired, even though he didn't show that his cardio was poor. Right. He was tired. So the counter, you know, countering the kicks and, and things like that. Also, to try to keep a guy off you um, up against the fence like that for majority of the fight, that just weighs on you. Yeah. And he had to do that. He, you know, um, shocking to see him get taken down by someone. By someone who's essentially the same size. You know, Burns is an inch taller, but Tyron technically is bigger in, in size. I mean, is, um, is it is it shocking? I mean, look what, look what Usman did to him. Okay, but Usman's a big fucker. I understand the and size difference. Just as in, just he's an accomplished wrestler as well. No, 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 look, and I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I guess I say shocking like that because... It happened so early in the fight. It did. And also Whereas, and also the fact that Burns had him in full mount for a lot of that time. Exactly. So that and that's what I mean. So it was I don't know. I mean Usman did it over a period of five rounds, yeah. just dominated. Burns did it quickly and it, and it didn't make it look it looked didn't look difficult. So again, I, I'm saying all this understand that I, I feel bad. Like I have that empty feeling you have after one of your favorite fighters loses. Um, so I don't want him to retire, but I do. Yeah. You know, I, it might be the best thing, you know, who does he fight next? Like, do you, do you book the Leon Edwards fight? Edwards probably isn't going to want to fight him now that he's lost. Right. You know, when he was the number one contender, that's an obvious fight for Leon Edwards, but who do you, Covington's not going to want to fight him now that he's lost. I don't think that fight's ever going to happen anyway. You see, you think we see Covington fight again at all? Yeah. Yeah. I still think he and Masvidal is the fight to make. I'm sorry. There's there's so much bad blood there. It's such a good storyline. Why not make it? Did I say Masvidal? Masvidal? <laughs> sounded so white. Um, Masvidal. I don't know. For me, that's the fight to make. And Burns honestly has a good... He has a good case to make for getting a title shot now. You know? You, yeah. you, I mean, you beat the former champ. His last fight, he lost the title. He was still the number one contender. He was supposed to fight the number three guy. I think Leon Edwards is three or four. He was supposed to fight the number four guy. That fight didn't happen. The number two guy, Covington, you don't know when he's going to fight. Like you just said, is he even going to fight again? If I'm Burns, I'm like, hey, if, if Masvidal is going to fight Nate Diaz again, then I want the title shot. Forget Conor McGregor. You know, and he's already shown that he's willing to fight anyone anytime he short notice welterweight lightweight doesn't matter to him. So he has a good case for being the next challenge. I'd, um, like, I'd like to see Nate Diaz and Covington. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That would be, you don't even need a storyline. You just let them build the storyline. Just tell them they're going to fight each other and then let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Nate will. I don't think Nate will do it. That no, prob- probably not. I know, but I'm just saying I, I would like to see it. Oh, for sure. I, I honestly like to see Nate Diaz fight anyone. I don't really worry about that. You know, when they booked the Masvidal fight, the only thing I didn't like about it is that it was it was this manufactured thing. You know, it was the B. I hated. I just didn't like the whole BMF belt. I still, I still don't. I don't. I I think it was useless. 
whatever. I mean, Nate calling him out the way he did, and there's they're not really being that bad blood. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, Masvidal's in the crowd. He's like, all right, let's do it. Two really good fighters who want to fight each other. Cool. But now you have this whole baddest motherfucker thing added to it. I don't know. I just thought it was cheesy. And believe me, they ran with the cheese, you know, having the rock in the octagon, putting the belt on them and all that stuff. Fine. It gets the sport more attention, which it clearly did. But I just that that whole part was like, eh, whatever. But yeah, I'm excited to see him fight anyone. So, right. If it's Covington, great. It's Burns. I'd take that. Why not? But he won't. Burns is going to want a higher ranking. Maybe Tyron fights Kiesa, uh, Kiesa next or something. I could see that. That's you could make that. I don't know. I, but I don't see. Who, you know, I just don't see him or RDA. Who who else do you do you pair him up with in it's, the top it, ten? It's, it's still weird to me though when we talk about fighters and who they would want to fight. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's still like the organization has to make the fights happen, but it, it's just it's just weird that a fighter gets to pick and choose who they want to fight next. Well, some do. Some do. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you've said that multiple times over the past five minutes that this fighter isn't going to want to fight that guy or this fighter isn't going to want to fight that guy. So it's like they have the choice. Do they want do they want to fight this guy or not? Is this going to affect them? You know, is it going to sky boost them or is it going to take them down by losing, winning, however that, you know what I'm saying? Well, any fighter on the roster can turn down a fight offer, but good luck getting another one anytime soon. Exactly. You know, that's why most guys don't. Right. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's cool that you got guys that are fighting on the undercards or the prelims that are calling out other guys who typically fight on the undercards and prelims. I love it. I think it's I think it's very cool that, you know, like Roosevelt Roberts one last night in convincing fashion looked great. And of course, you know, DC is asking everyone he's interviewing, who would you like to fight next? So with a guy like that, he's eight and one, uh, looks good. Does he call out a top 15 guy? No. He's like, I want Matt Frivola. And, and DC was like, wow, Matt Frivola. Huh? He goes, yeah, I want Matt Frivola. He's like, I know he's got a fight coming up. If he wins that fight, that's who I want. I like that because they understand where they are in their career. Right. They yeah. understand they have more fights they need to win before they get to that top 15 matchup. Right. Yeah. I think that's great. You know, Kevin Holland did it when he won his last fight. Um, and he was going to fight this last night on what was it? Two weeks notice or whatever at welterweight when he typically fights at middleweight. Um, and I forget who he called out, but you know, it wasn't a top 15 guy. It was a you know, it was a guy in the top 30 like he is. He's probably in the top 30. Um, so I, I like that. I think that's cool. I think these guys are understanding what they need to do. They're understanding the way the game works right now anyway. But with all of these talks of fighter pay and people complaining about it, I think the guys that are holding off and asking for the big money fights are doing the right thing. But but also, you know, say you have a guy that's ranked 15th or something like that and they want to call out the number five guy or something like that. I'm sure they realize that that's going to hurt their career more than anything if they lose that fight. I, if, if, yeah. by, if by chance they are given that fight somehow and they lose that fight, I mean, you, you know, you give them a little credit for, for wanting that fight, but who doesn't want that fight? You can be at the very bottom of the rankings. Of course, you want the number one guy. You want to prove yourself. Yeah, but what if they fight a three-round war and lose a close split decision? Right fight of the night 
they get a bonus. Well, in the eyes of the boss, which is, again, that's what I'm saying, don't piss off the boss. So if you're a, a, one of these lower-level guys, and I don't mean skill-wise, I just mean in the rankings, don't ask for things you're not going to get. Yeah. Don't piss off the boss, man. Right. Right. Um, but if you're a guy who, if you're one of those rare guys who gets what you want and you put on a good show, well, he's going to be pleased. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I feel bad for Tyron, man. I just, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know what's next. So let me, uh, we don't have to go deep into this, but I'm sure that you've seen that John Jones made the statement that he wants to be released from the UFC. And that we've mentioned in the past briefly that it wouldn't be absurd if we seen John Jones in Bellator or something like that and just murk people over there or run, run the division. I mean, I, I could see that happening. But do you, I, I mentioned this, I don't know if I mentioned it to you or not, but it feels like Dana White is making drama to be involved in to help sell fight to help sell things in the UFC. Sometimes, sometimes does that make sense? Like he is almost like if if there's going to be a storyline that's going to sell a fight or something like that, he he gets involved sometimes, and it feels like I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if it's just his ego that gets that comes into play or what. But it feels like almost like a WWE storyline that he wants to be involved in. Yeah, I mean, he has a reputation of doing that. He does it a lot more now than he used to. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, you, if you go all the way back to Tito Ortiz, he was involved in that that whole uh, Tito's beef with Chuck Liddell. And, you know, Dana took Janet. Dana ch- clearly chose sides on that whole thing. And they had their he had his back and forth with Tito and wanted to box him and all this shit. So he's <laughs> this isn't a new thing. He's 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 always done this. I think as of late. I think, well, to be, to be honest, he's kind of had a shit storm to manage since COVID started and, you know, all yeah. sports got shut down. So I think him doing whatever he can to keep the interest level at a high, uh, to keep the interest level high, uh, I think is good. I don't think he should be talking shit about fighters. I don't think he should be putting down the fighters, especially one of the greatest of all time. But is a feud between he and John Jones really bad for business probably not no i'm not you saying know? i'm not saying that it is i'm just saying no that i know it's just... it's just something you don't see in anything else like any other sport out there or anything like that another reason why mma at ufc is unique you don't see the 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 face of the brand in feuds with other fighters or other people in the sport maybe roger goodell a little bit but we won't get into that well um, Maybe a little bit, a little bit, I guess. maybe, maybe, maybe Manfred as well in baseball, but either way, not as much as Dana. No, you're right. But Dana also gets I mean, the UFC is different. He gets to go to post fight press conferences and speak his mind and curse up a storm and call reporters idiots and yeah. fuck this guy and fuck that guy. That guy's a fucking idiot and this and that. So no, Roger Goodell's not going to go in front of the media and go, that guy's a fucking moron. He'll never do that. That's, what is very special about the UFC and Dana White. And that's why people love to watch, you know, yeah. they can't wait to see what he might say next, who he might call out next, you know? So is that a matter um, of the UFC doesn't care about being, uh, I guess because it's a combat sport, they're not as worried about being family friendly because that's not a demographic that they, 
care so much about. They're more, you know, guided towards like the bar scene and stuff like that. You're that's your casual fan. Um, well, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think families are their demographic necessarily, but again, no, I don't think they care. I don't think they care about that. I don't think that, I don't think the intent is that I think they're definitely reaching for their demo. And with that, again, it's what makes the U, the UFC and MMA in general unique and special. It's not this prim and proper atmosphere and it doesn't, and that shouldn't be a bad thing, right? It doesn't have to be. That's I love boxing. One of the worst things about boxing is the overall sort of atmosphere or environment that is built around media buildup, uh, fighter buildup, promoters, how they speak, how they speak in front of the media. You know, people can say what they want about Don King, but the reason that guy was so successful is because he was highly entertaining. And when he was the promoter on a fight, whether he was one-sided or not, he made it entertaining. Right. There didn't need to be beef between the fighters. He could create that, right? Mm-hmm. Even if the fighters, when they got face-to-face, there was no confrontation. There, were, there, was no, there was no, you know, jawing back and forth. Don King created that sort of perception around the fights. Dana's doing the same thing, but no holds barred. He's just going for it, you know? Um, that's why he's probably the greatest promoter in combat sports right now. Above all the boxing guys, I love Scott Coker over at Bellator, but he doesn't generate near the excitement or the buzz that Dana does just with his mouth, with his words and the things he says. So it's not for everyone, man. I know that it should be because that's how you keep it. That's how you maintain a successful business. It should be for most people. And I think it can be. But also, if I, you know, my son, if he wants to watch MMA in a couple of years, I'm going to explain a few things to him. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to keep him from the things he shouldn't be hearing, not necessarily seeing. You're going to see violent stuff if you're watching MMA. Sorry, that's the way it is. It's a violent sport. Um, But so is football. So is hockey. So I'm not going to separate it from those two things. Right. I'm going to let him watch football. I'm going to let him watch hockey. You know, it's it'll be a conversation or multiple conversations probably. But I think that going back around to what we were talking about, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's sort of starting a feud in the media with John Jones. Right. It could potentially lead to great things, which would be a fight with Francis Ngannou if he doesn't leave, which I don't think will leave. But uh, if he does leave, he's going to go over to Bellator and immediately fight for a title against a guy he's already beaten. So, And he's going to make more money. Supposedly. Supposedly. I could, I, I could see it happening. I mean, if he's really just about the money, then yeah. I mean, if he he knows that he's on the downhill of his career, is he? Probably. Was he thirty three? Yeah. I don't know if he's there yet, man. We just said Gilbert Burns is surging, and he's thirty three. So that's true. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know. A few minutes ago, you mentioned hockey. How excited are you about what the NHL is going to do now? Is start just starting up playoffs? I'm excited for it to be back. So it is confirmed that there are going to be no fans in attendance, right? I I believe so. Yes. 
I'm excited. I, you know, I don't think that matters. So the Blues have a bye. Yeah, they, they were number sure. one, they were the number one seed in the West. Right. Man, what if we go up against the Blackhawks? God, <laughs> where are they at? Where Where are they at in the bracket? Let me I don't see know. if I can. Let me see if I can find this real quick. So, do you like the way they're doing it? Not that it ma- not that our opinion matters as far as that goes, but do you like the way that they are just starting things up from where everybody ended? Because that's kind of what yes. we that's kind of what we talked about, you know, previously, anyways, right? Like if they're going to start it up, or if they're going to bring it back before the end of this season, they're going to have to just ride into the playoffs where everybody is where they are already. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the only way you could have done it, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm I'm glad they didn't just like scrap the season and say, well, the season didn't count because of everything that's going on, and we'll start up fresh next season. Yeah, no, I'm. I, th- that would have sucked. That that would have been. You know, because you have the reason I say I don't mind it is because it's going to be interesting to see if the best teams before the season got put to got put on pause are still the best teams once the playoffs start. Right. By that I mean there's been so much time that has elapsed. Who knows what could happen? Now, I don't like saying that because the blues are the top seed in the West. So I'm sure I surely hope that does not apply to the blues. Right. But you know, you, th- it's going to be really hard to predict this. I mean, just, you don't know what's going to happen all of this time off, you know, a, a, a lower seated team could really catch fire early. Yeah. And really spoil a lot of plans for those top seated teams. But you know, that happens every year without layoffs and stuff like that. But, is there is there any word as far as uh do we have Tarasenko back now? I have not heard. I don't believe so. Because they said, I mean, most of the season that if he was going to come back, it wouldn't be until the playoffs, because we were doing so well even without him. So this would be the yeah, perfect. I mean, if he's healthy, this would be the perfect time to do it. I'm not seeing anything. The top story on him is that his Creefcore home sold. Oh, cool. That was good, three weeks ago. Good for that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. We're not a hub city. Yeah, we were there was talks about that though, right? Originally. Yeah. So I wonder I wonder what happened there. Cause Well, I think they I think they were gonna do it a different way though. Before I know what were, happened because they were talking about us having like three different rinks that we could use. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Maryville, Scott Trade, obviously, and then um, that's uh, the Ice Complex there in Chesterfield, I believe, okay. or maybe Maryland Heights, whichever one it was. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I know what happened. A bunch of people went to the Ozarks and got COVID, <laughs> and then brought it back to St. Louis. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, not surprising that we found out we were not a hub city any or running in the in the running for being a hub city after that story went viral. So, but I'm sure that story went, I'm pretty sure that story went viral after the decision was made for St. Louis not to be a hub city. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I might be completely wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> you look at the timeline. So, so you're what basically what you're doing is blaming all the white people down in the Ozarks. <laughs> <laughs> for the Blues, for St. Louis not being a hub city for the playoffs. 
Once again, white people have ruined everything. Yeah, so last night it was good to see people fighting legally and professionally as a break from all the fucking madness that's going on right now. Yeah. Where do you even begin with that? I'm going to let you. You're going to let me. Because I, I mean. Don't let, don't let me. Yeah. Do you got four I, hours? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I mean, I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be laughing because it's not a laughing matter. But this whole, well, the whole George Floyd situation is heartbreaking. And so, so let me, so everybody knows what happened. Uh, you know, the, the cop putting his knee on George Floyd's throat and while being held down by two other police, while officers. being held down by two other police officers, while he was handcuffed. Right. In broad daylight. Right. Um, so the videos that I've seen, the videos that I've watched, which were hard to watch in the first place, but the videos that I've watched show that, uh, we don't know why or how he got taken to the ground by the police because unless you've seen something differently than I have, but the can the camera views that I've seen show from across the street and you can't see on the other side of the vehicle on why they took him down. So I don't, so I don't know if they did it on just because they wanted him on the ground or if he was actually trying to fight and that's why they took him to the ground. Yeah, I know. Well, I, to be honest with you, I think that's irrelevant. No, I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm um, not. How they detained him was not right. the way they should have done it, regardless. Right. Uh, there is video of. I don't know if it was the guy who put his knee on his neck, but there is video of one of the cops getting into the car and throwing punches. Okay. There's video. I've seen a little bit of video of that, but it, yeah, I mean, no, we, we're we're never gonna know that. We're never going to know that. And, and again, I think it's irrelevant. How do I say this? Well, it doesn't matter. Let's let's go. Well, here's what I think is funny. So that happened. Our last podcast, we talked, I talked about how I was bothered that no one seems to care that 16 people had been shot in St. Louis in 12 hours and four people died. And then two days later, it was like eight in like four hours. Memorial Day weekend. It was, it was, you know. Um, I, I brought that up, and I think the day we talked about that a few hours later is when George Floyd was killed, or maybe it was the next morning. I can't get my timeline straight on that. But that George Floyd's m murder, and, that, and there are two things that I'm sure of. That guy was murdered in the street in broad daylight. There shouldn't be a split. There shouldn't be, we need more answers, we need more evidence, we need more information. No, we don't need that. That guy was murdered in the street. The other thing I'm sure of is that lanky armed bitch that had his knee on his throat does not represent me at all. Absolutely. We're not the same. Absolutely. We're not the same. I don't care if our skin color is the same. He does not represent me. On top of um, on top of the rest of the police officers that were right. just watching him do what he was doing. And then also yeah. holding holding him down. Yeah. I refuse to be represented by those those cops. And I refuse to let someone say that and get off easy with me. Um, I'll gladly have a conversation about that and try my damnedest to make you convinced that they don't represent me as a human being or as a, um, so I find it. So that, that day, the story came out first or the story that came out first was the, 
the white woman in Central Park calling the police on the black man about harassing her and she was frightened and he thought she thought he was going to harm harm her you know what that guy was doing Mm -mm. he was bird watching in central park wow do you know why she erupted the way she did because he asked her to follow the rules and the laws of central park which is you have to have your dog on a leash she did not so he had politely asked hey can you put your dog on a leash it's the rules so then she calls the police, and if you watch the video, she's basically she's weaponizing racism against against this guy. You know what, what what's 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 the the least that could have happened in that situation? The cops do come, the cops arrest that guy, they take him away to jail. He's not harmed at all. He's not charged with anything. He, they basically just do it to get him away from this stupid Karen, right? Yeah, but still, that's way too much for the situation. Right. No, it is. I agree. In my mind, that's the least that could happen. The worst that could happen is, again, she calls the police and uses racism, because that was racist. She can spin it however she wants. Weaponized racism against this guy. The cops do come, and this guy ends up like George Floyd. Why? And it turns out, too, like he even offered to give her dog a treat. Like, what was this lady thinking? Like, it's the whole thing is just so that that story came out. And then a couple hours later, we see George Floyd murdered in the street. Um, you know, again, we should not be split on what happened to George Floyd, you know, and the fact that somehow this has become politically split in the media. And now, once again, left and right have split up and they've taken sides on this and they've given their opinions is it's. Fucking annoys me. Can you can you can you give me a small breakdown of that? What the the uh, like what what's the split? Is well, anybody actually is, for the cops for the in the situation? Yeah, the the split is people are saying they need more evidence. Why was he? Why was he being detained? What did he do um, to deserve to be on the ground? The cops were following protocol. Um, if he could speak, he wasn't gasping for air. Right? If you can talk, you're not choking. Right. All of these things. You know, most of the people saying those things are conservatives, you know, conservatives were all too happy to storm City Hall. Right. And violently protest when they couldn't get their fucking haircut because they thought their their, you know, their rights were being infringed upon and the Constitution was being thrown away because they, you know, people wanted to keep them safe and didn't want to give them a harmful disease. They had no problem storming City Hall getting up in cops faces you know they have no they have no trouble arguing against abortion right saving preserving life there but when a guy gets his life taken right in front of our fucking eyes they don't question it i don't i don't understand how that and i know you don't either but the the argument that if you if you can talk you're not choking uh the guy died some asshole apparently he was started that argument that makes no sense Uh, the, the fat mayor in Mississippi. Did you see that story? Uh-uh. Said if you can talk, you can breathe. He didn't have a neck. Meanwhile, ten to fifteen M- MMA fighters every hour come out and say, "Hey, we choke people for a living. We know how to choke someone to death." Right. That guy was being choked to death. We know. I trust their judgment over some fat mayor in Mississippi. Right. You know. Um. But yeah, those people have no problem. 
rallying and protesting against abortion because it's the preservation of life. But when one gets taken right before our eyes, they're asking the wrong questions or they don't think anything was wrong or they, they need more evidence, right? Now, the, re the reason they uh, s this whole thing started was because of suspicion that George Floyd used a $20 counterfeit bill, right? Which turned out to be a real 20, by the way. Oh, it did? Yeah. Wow. So those cops became the judge and the jury in the middle of the street over a counterfeit bill. That's really what we're – so logically speaking, as human beings, we're going to split down the middle, and we're going to have to have a conversation. We're going we're gonna to have to debate, right? No, it doesn't fly with me. We should not be split on this again. You know, and then the other side, you have sort of liberal millennials crying about their white privilege, and they're so upset about it, so they can't get involved. They can't speak their mind. No, speak your mind. The guy was murdered right in front of us. How about instead of being upset about your white privilege or your privilege, why don't you use it to your advantage to, I don't know, fight against injustice and racism? It's privilege for a reason. Right. So if you have opportunities at your disposal that some people do not, use it to cause some good instead of just hiding in the corner and saying you're white privilege. Some, some teacher at some point in your life told you in school that you should be ashamed of your white privilege. So now you're not going to speak on the matter. Right. Fuck that. Are you offended? Does it upset you that someone's dead? Then say so. Right. So those are the two sides that I've seen, you know, forget about sides, forget about politics, forget about left versus right. You know, we should all, we should all want a reform of criminal justice, right? Because it helps everyone, every city, every state, all across the United States, there needs to be a reform in how we treat criminal justice. There just does. And, you know, I think we talked about it a few podcasts ago. I mentioned there need to be more cops coming out and speaking against these fuckers, which I've seen a few. I've seen a few really good videos um, and photos posted where cops are standing with the people and saying, we do not agree with this behavior. There have been a few cops who have gone to social media, posted, you know, videos stating, look, that's not how we were trained. Those cops do not represent me. I'm here to protect and serve. I'm not here to murder. I'm not here to uh, take away the rights of innocent people, um, this and that. There needs to be more of that. Yeah, and I, I, not, I love that cops are doing it. I love that cops are individually going to social media and speaking on their own behalf. I would love for cops to get together as a group and put out a statement or put out a release right. I mean, that you, this you behavior would, doesn't fly. Yeah, you would think that that would be the best route media-wise for uh, whether it be police stations or an entire, you know, an entire force, uh, you know, that, that's what you'd think the best media outlet, the, the best, the best look in the media would be is for all of them to come forward and say, listen, this is, does not represent us. This is not who we yeah. are. We do not do this. Yeah. We should also, and, and another thing that, you know, again, on several podcasts, I've complained about the media. Um, we should stop being so bewildered as people when a black man gets murdered in the street by a police officer and then protests happen, which then turn to riots, looting, however you want to, whatever word you want to use, we should stop being so surprised. This isn't a new thing, right? The Ferguson riots were not a new thing. This goes all the way back to the 1960s, 
even before that, you know, Compton, Watts, Harlem, all of these things have happened, the LA riots, all of these things have happened before. We should stop being so surprised. And the other thing that should happen is the media should stop conflating the two. By that, I mean, they should stop taking video and photos and still images of people peacefully protesting and calling them the same thing as people setting things on fire yes. and stealing sneakers from a footlocker. Yes. They're merging the two together, and that's not what it is. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. We should also stop being so surprised at the fucking revolving cycle that happens when protests start peaceful during the day, and then people stick around at night waiting for the police to arrive so a riot can start. We're all guilty. All of us. All people, all, all citizens, all civilians, and the police are guilty of this. We know it's going to happen, but the police march right up in their military gear, expecting nope, the, the, everything will be peaceful. Our presence won't cause chaos, right? right? People will be happy about our presence here. So we, we, we go, I wonder why this is happening. Why is everyone so upset? Why is, every, why is everyone so enraged? We need to stop acting so surprised at that. But um, but the police still need to be there. I understand what you're saying that we don't need to be surprised. We know what's going to happen, so don't be don't act surprised about it. I get that, but still, it, it the the looting and all that kind of stuff needs to stop, and we need the cops' presence there to make that stop. But like most things, that stuff is being instigated. The problem is, is we don't know who it's being instigated by necessarily. Okay. But there is a clear there's a clear effort by I won't say the police, but by the left or the right to start these things in these cities. There is evidence that cops are dressing up and acting like they are one with the people and they're going and destroying things. Okay. Again, this is not a new thing that's happening this time around. This happened in Ferguson. Right. This happened in Dallas. It happens. So, again, we, instead of expecting things to happen the same way that they always do, because nothing has changed, instead of expecting it, we just feed the beast, keep perpetuating the behavior. You know, and the other problem is, too, the the, the media is, is has a way of not only conflating the two, so peaceful protest and looting. But they also have a really good, good way of saying that the looting is always started by one group of people, which, again, is not fucking true. It is not. But here's the thing. We also shouldn't tell white kids that they shouldn't feel the same sort of rage that black kids feel when someone gets murdered in the street. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell them that. I don't think anyone should. You're angry about it. You should be angry about it. I shouldn't tell you how you should feel, you know. Um, So the idea that. Again, the division has to happen even in times of protest and in times of, of, of strife and chaos. We still need to be divided, right? Black and white still need to be separated. White people can't be the ones looting. You know, black people can't be the ones peacefully protesting. It always, there always has to be this split. No, that's not the case, right? And the reason that it's not is I'm saying everyone should feel the same amount of rage. Everyone should feel the same amount of anger, sadness, remorse. All, all, all of the emotions. We should all share it. Again, there shouldn't be a split. There should be no moral, moral split when it comes to shit like this, man. There just shouldn't be. Right. Um, 
So, you know, another thing that bothers me is, again, we have we have this sort of political argument about, well, how far should the police go? Because, you know, there are all these videos going viral of cops, you know, hurting people. Saw a girl get run over by a, a cop on horseback, cops pushing people, shooting tear gas at people, you know. Look, man, cops should not be able to walk into a neighborhood and walk down the street in full military gear, spraying paint cans at people's houses while they're on their porch, telling them to get back inside. All right. Once you've done that, you're no longer a civil servant. You're now, you're a soldier. You're not a civil servant anymore. You're a soldier. And you are, in my mind, you're a soldier engaging in civil war. That's just me. You see people sitting on their porch and you're going to spray paint at them, telling them to get back in their house. You're not a civil servant anymore. You're a bully, right? What are they doing? Now, if they're firing shit at you and they're throwing rocks at you, okay, we have a different conversation. But again, is there a better way to handle it rather than you shooting at them from the street? I don't know. I haven't gone through the police academy. I haven't been trained, but I, I'd like to think that there's a better way other than you just forming this militia. You're supposed to be, again, civil servants in the police. You're supposed to be there to protect and serve, but you've now formed this militia that's going to walk down the street and intimidate people. I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 it's hard for me to get behind that idea, regardless of how, how bad things get. You know, and I can't sit here and blame, like last night, uh, the police station getting broken into and looted last night in Ferguson. It's hard for me to blame one group of people. Right. If anything, I think we're all to blame for all the reasons I just said. And, and they they, you know, put them in a hamster wheel and roll it down the, the road. That's, you know, that, I don't know. I digress. Unless you, <laughs> unless you have nothing to say. No, I mean, what about the Minneapolis police station that got set on fire? Right. I mean, it. I I completely understand where you're coming from, and I I agree with you that you do have peaceful protesters, which I think we need in certain situations. I think I do think we need that, but those people are not the same as the people who are breaking into Foot Locker and taking things and things like that. And I don't understand. Where does that mindset come from that that well, that it, that's okay or that that's going to do anything for anyone to go to break in and steal stuff because somebody died? What what is how how do those two things go together? Yeah, one, well, you know, I get what you're saying. Now, listen, it, when you see video of people breaking into a footlocker, I mean, I saw a girl walking with a cheesecake. Where did she get that <laughs> fucking thing from? <laughs> <laughs> but, but look in that moment, you know, you see a guy, I saw a guy with a vacuum cleaner, you know, one of the guys that was looting target in that moment. Is he thinking about George Floyd? No. Right. But I understand the rage that comes behind or the motivation that could come behind you walking into a place and taking something. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand how you could be so wrapped up in the moment that you would do it, okay? Because this isn't spur of the moment, right? I'm not going to sit here and assume that people you see looting a store, 
during a riot haven't at some point in their life thought, and it's really wrong how cops are getting away with killing people on the street and feeling angry about it or sad about it like you and I would, right? So I'm, I don't think that they should, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think the fact that they're in a store looting negates the fact that they've probably felt bad about this at some point in their life. Now, again, I'm not making excuses for those people, but I understand that in the moment, they're wrapped up in this thing. I get it. Look, man. I, I, I just, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't, I don't know that, but because what does that do? Does it, 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 do I now, do I now feel validated because I looted a store? Like, I understand that I'm mad. I understand the rage. I understand why people are angry about what's going on. I completely get that, but do I feel validated about that, about my feelings now because I just went in and stole something from a store? I, that's that, I don't understand how those two go together. At that point, there is, there, there's, there's no validation at that point. It's not about validation anymore. It's just about a release of the anger, the rage. And again, I, I, this, I don't want to sound like I'm just like spewing talking points as excuses, but you know, it's there again, they're not seeking validation at that point. It's just a release of the emotions. Again, I, you're not going to see me looting a store if I'm in that situation, but I understand the mindset. I understand where the mindset comes from to do it. Right. I'm not going to, well, and by that, I mean, I know and can understand and, and realize that a large group of the people you see looting stores had have at some point been angry or upset about what's going on with the lack of repercussions for people that get away with murder in the street. I get it. Again, I'm not saying it's right, but you know, one of the people that really, really spoke out on this and it's worth a watch for everyone. Did you see what Killer Mike said? He went on the news in Atlanta and was begging people because it, things got crazy in Atlanta. And he was begging people to go home because he basically said, you're out there destroying the home that we built. And the things that he said were, he was on point with everything he was saying. Killer Mike's a really smart guy. And if you ever wanted to listen to an activist speak from the heart that truly cares about their community. I think he's one that you should definitely pay attention to. Um, you can go on YouTube that clip, but it was about eight minutes long. I think he spoke after the mayor of Atlanta got on and spoke and the chief of police, but you know, basically said, look, if you want to hit them where it hurts, hit them at the voting booth, hit them when you got to vote in June and, and, and do it again when you got to vote in November. And that's a great point. You know, there aren't enough people there there aren't enough people with of influence saying that to people with these sort of emotions and this sort of rage right so i'm not going to try to repeat anything he said because i a i won't do it i won't do it any justice and uh it's it's his i don't want to claim it to be my own but he's he's right about a lot of things most well all of it to be honest um and it's a it's it's good to hear but you know, the one thing I'll, I'll piggyback off what he said is, yes, if you want to do something, again, I, I say this to those liberal millennials who feel that their privilege is just, just too much for them to handle. They, you know, they're, they feel so bad about their own privilege. 
Use the privilege to go do some good. Go vote and convince other people to vote. If you don't like something that's happening, go vote. If you don't like a prosecutor, uh, a judge, your congressman, your president, go vote. Um, but, but, so do but, some good in that way. But the other side of that is it's hard to tell people that, hey, I understand you're mad. I understand the rage, but you're just going to have to sit back and wait a little while and go vote. That's how you change things versus versus all these people who are out there setting police stations on fire and all this other stuff. That's a lot. That's a hard, uh, hard pill for people to swallow. You know, I get it. I, but I don't, I, you know, where I stand on, on stuff like the, the looting and the fires and the, in the chaos and the, destroying of things i don't want to see small business owners get hurt right fuck target i don't give a shit about target target's going to do just fine even though they've closed stores nationwide because they're worried about this happening again target will recover those small businesses that make up your community will not right if you burn them to the ground right so we should all be concerned about that and i think that's where he was going with that especially in a city like atlanta you know he like so many other uh, people that grew up there that still live there helped build that community. He doesn't want to see it burn to the fucking ground. Right. You know, they don't want to start over and they shouldn't have to start over. So that's what he was saying. And I, and I, and I, I agree with that. Um, so the, the main police officer that had his knee on George Floyd's neck, he was charged with, is it third degree murder or first degree? Third degree third degree what about the other police officers that were holding him down did they get charged with anything to my knowledge they all have been charged yes for the with the same charges yeah maybe not i could be wrong but that's the initial story that's what i thought i saw um yeah that police officer's wife filed for a divorce too i've seen that that's weird right it's odd it's odd. I get it. Fuck that guy. Right. Yeah. For for real. Um, but it's odd. It's yeah. almost like she knew what kind of duty was, and right. this was like the last straw. Uh huh. Which is ugh. It's gross. It, it, it's and if you if you research the cop, he this isn't his first violent act. He's got a long list of things that he's done where people have been killed, and he's been the one who people thought was responsible. He's a bad dude. He shouldn't have a badge. Period. That He's a co- bully. That cop, as bad as it is to say, that cop is pro- would probably be-, be better off with the death penalty than going into prison. Yeah, I mean he's gonna, he's going to. You would imagine. I mean, I don't know what with him being a cop. I don't know if he's going to be protected inside somehow. But or all of them are going to be protected inside somehow. But you have to imagine that the second that people find out inside who he is and what he did there's going to be a target on his back yeah and and you know i think the image that he he put out there should is going to be the main motivation you know that was one of the 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 most bone chilling things to me of that video is his face yeah he his does. hands are in his his hands are in his pockets and it's so casual and like yeah, it's like it, it's not that it would be any better at all. I'm, you know, don't let me downgrade it or anything, but like him 
if he was doing what he was doing and he was saying things to George Floyd saying, I don't want to do it this way or, you know, but you're not leaving me any choice or, you know, something, some signs of he didn't want to do what he was doing, but he just like, it was just like, he was just looking around and had his knee on this guy's neck. It was just like so nonchalant, like, yeah, this is what I'm doing right now. Just no, no regard for human life, right. no remorse, no, just it's, and his, his, his lanky arms bothered me. I don't, I don't mean to make a joke of this, but his, he had the physique of a 12 year old girl. It just pissed me off. <laughs> he just looked, he just reeked entitlement and looked like a pussy. Right. It just, it bothered me. Look, man, I, again, I'm weird about things. I just, I just started envisioning all of the people, all of the guys in high school that I couldn't stand that acted like that. Right. That's just what I saw in this dude at the and, in the moment. And there, there, you know, there's a possibility that that could be who he was. He was oh, without a doubt. That's where that's where this this power trip has come. For the, you know, him sit him standing behind a badge makes him feel like he has all the authority in the world and he can't do any wrong. But he needed yeah. that because life wasn't great growing up, or he was that lanky kid who wasn't popular or whatever. You know. No, I don't even mean lanky like that. Like he was a dork. I just mean he's a bitch he just seems like one of those guys that wouldn't hit a man until another man dropped him for him that's just he's he's the i'm gonna kick the dude while he's on the ground guy that's just that's just how anyway it doesn't matter my you know (laughs) and again i'm not trying to make a joke but that really those were the thoughts going through my mind he looks like a bully right so to me i just i just envisioned him being a bully in elementary school and in high school you know, but did it in, a, I don't think he ever probably ever, I don't think he ever did it without the help of someone else, just like that situation. Right. You know, he needed the help of two other police officers while this guy was handcuffed to put his knee on his neck and essentially take his life. Right. It sucks, man. It's gross. And the fact that we act so surprised to the result, you know, when these things happen still as a nation, we act so surprised. It, it and then the fact that we're morally split on this, it's ridiculous, you know? And and the fact it's, that the, the people that are doing the committing the crimes and looting and all this other stuff, they probably feel validated by getting media coverage because they feel like that is doing something. It's their way of being heard. Yeah. So they feel like... So I guess going back to that question, are they validated by looting a footlocker? Well, they've been heard... They've been seen. Right. And the media doesn't make it right. And the media is doing the coverage because that's what they're there to do. Of course. They're the ruling. They're a part of the ruling class that has been trying to start a race war for, I don't know, the last 50 years, probably going back to that. But before that, but that's what they're trying to do. I mean, there's no ruling class. Like I said, last few episodes, there's no ruling class. If we're united as a people, if we're divided, um, if we're divided, it's easier to rule us. You know, the ruling class uses the media to race bait and keep us divided. So I don't know. A lot of the attention has been taken off of our president and all the stupid things he's done the last few months. Now, if you ever notice, these things seem to happen during election years, don't they? Yeah. So I don't know. I won't get dive into conspiracy theories now but if you pay attention to when these things happen they so often happen during election years so 
And that's the other thing. I didn't even bring this up, but fuck. I mean, it was only four years ago that Philando Castillo was murdered in, in the same fucking city this happened in. So, of course, people are upset. That was only four years ago. And it, to me, it seems like yesterday. I, I When I saw that, I was like, God, that seems like it was a year ago. I don't know, man. It's a bummer. It's it's all of it. Um, but, you know, I think it's good. It's good for you and I to talk about it. So hopefully someone hears this and can uh, share the same thoughts. Or if they don't share, share the same thoughts, that's fine, too. At least you heard it and you heard a different opinion than your own. Doesn't make you right or wrong. Doesn't mean we're right or wrong. But I, I just think the one thing that we shouldn't be split on is that this guy was murdered. Right. You know, if you're if you're arguing against that, I, I don't know. I can't I can't. I don't know if we can be friends. I can't roll with you, man. It's just, it's, it's bizarre. Like I told you before we started, I sent a, sent a text to one of my friends uh, yesterday, basically to check on him. Cause I knew that shit was going down again in Ferguson. And during the first wave of um, protests and stuff that went on in Ferguson years ago, he was, he was there. So I just wanted to make sure he was okay. I was like, look, if you go, man, be careful, but he wasn't going to go. And the one thing actually, and I didn't tell you this, but so the one thing that I thought about um, after I talked to him, so I'll tell so you, I don't want to take up too much more time with this because it's <laughs> depressing, but so I'll tell you a story. This is a 100% true story. So when I was, when I was 16 and I actually thought about, the, I actually thought about this yesterday and then I thought about this uh, a week ago when I saw my my younger sister's boyfriend. So when I was 16, I was driving to work. I worked at a pizzeria while I was in high school. I was driving to work, get pulled over, drive on my way to work. It takes, it would take me, I don't know, five to 10 minutes typically to get to work. I don't, I don't take a highway. I take side roads to get there. It wasn't too far from my house growing up. So get pulled over. And I remember getting pulled over and I'm thinking, God damn, what did I do? I don't remember what I did. Did I do anything? I know I just, Went through a stop sign. Did I roll it? Pretty sure I stopped. So immediately, in my brain, I'm going, what the hell did I do? Not panicking. You know, I'm a 16-year-old kid. What's going to happen to me? So cop gets up to the window, asks for my license and my insurance or whatever. I give it to him. And my sort of just I, not nervous reaction to what's going on, but just you know, I'm not thinking necessarily, you know, I'm sort of spacing as he's kind of looking at my stuff. And I asked him, I go, you know what, what did I do? Did I roll that stop sign? I thought I made a complete stop. He goes, shut up. Just tells me to shut up. I go, okay, that was weird. So after he said that, I start to get nervous and my hands go in my lap and he goes, I'm not going to tell you again to pull your hands out of your lap. You need to keep them on the wheel. Okay, I don't remember you telling me the first time, but okay. So immediately this guy, I'm getting a weird feeling. This guy's on edge. Now keep in mind, I'm 16. I'm a 16-year-old kid. Right. So this vehicle fits the description of a vehicle of a you know a robbery that was in, in the area. Okay. So at the time I don't even have my own car. My dad had a, a truck. It was it it was his work truck, but it's now like the the vehicle that just sits there. So before it gets to be my my shitty clunker that I drive around when I first turn 16, <laughs> essentially. So that's the car I'm driving. So I'm like, oh, okay. 
So apparently there was a robbery that happened in the area. The person or the people driving the car were driving a truck that looked like this truck, I guess. That's his excuse. So as he's telling me that and he's looking over, another cop pulls up. As the cop pulls up, again, now I see the other, the other cop in the rear view. I get nervous again. My hands drop. I'm not doing anything. I'm not making any sudden moves. My hands just go back to my lap. He doesn't even tell me again. He pulls out his gun, has it pointed at me. Okay. And he goes, I thought I told you to put your hands on the wheel. So put my hands on the wheel. He pulls me out of the car, puts me up against the, the car, searches me. They start searching the car. Another cop comes, sits me down on the curb, handcuffed. Okay. So I've had a gun pulled on me. I've been searched. My car has been searched. I'm sitting on the curb. So as I'm sitting on the curb, as they just sit me down, a guy that works with me drives by and has that sort of deer in headlights look is like, is that fucking Patrick? Holy shit, it is. So he drives off. I just, we make eye contact as he's driving by. And I'm just like shaking my head like, yep, it's me, dude. It's me. So he gets to work and tells everyone at work like, dude, I was just five minutes away. Patrick's on the fucking curb in handcuffs. I don't know what he did. So the owner of this pizzeria used to be a police officer, retired young, in his 30s, retired young, owns this pizzeria now. He calls my parents. Say, hey, just so you know, Patrick's getting arrested right now. You better find out what's going on. And uh, so, you know, my mom sort of like is panicking and then tells my dad who was working wasn't at home. So she's trying to get a hold of my dad. So <laughs> they said, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to work. I work at such and such pizzeria. All right, get to work. Like, all right, so you're not going to give me a ticket. You're just going to let me go. So I get to work and the, the owner of the pizzeria comes out. He's like, what happened? What'd you do? I'm like, no, I didn't do anything. But the guy pulled a fucking gun on me. He's like, what? And I was like, the, the cop that initially pulled me over draw, drew his gun on me. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. So at this point, I'm like completely panicked. You know, I'm, you know, I'm out of my mind, which is sort of like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. I don't want to go to work, but I drive to work. I'm like, can I just go home for the night? Like that sort of thing. <laughs> so he's like, let me see if I can find out what happened. You know, he doesn't he doesn't find out what happened. So well, my dad eventually comes to my work, pulls me outside, wants to talk to me about it. My dad's infuriated. I mean, my dad's pissed, you know, after he hears the cop pulled a gun on me and, right. you know, the way they treated me. Yeah. So my dad, you know, he, he goes up to the city hall and was like complaining, like, Hey, you know, is this how you treat blah, 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 people you pull out? Like, this, this was not right, you know, so it's, it's basically my word against theirs. And my parents caused a big shitstorm over it because, you know, my friends and I, we would go play basketball in that same neighborhood and things like that. And we would get, we would get harassed. I mean, the, the cops weren't nice to us. Forget about that. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, not, this isn't a poor me story. I walked away from it unscathed. Now, what I was thinking about a week ago when I was talking to my younger sister's boyfriend and when I was talking to my friend yesterday, what would have happened if I had been black? Right. Would I have walked away unscathed? That's not a fun thing to think about, man. Right. You know what I mean? And I should feel very lucky, but I hate that. I hate that I should feel lucky because of my skin color. Right. You know, I should feel lucky because I wasn't doing anything wrong. I'm not a criminal. I didn't talk back to the police. I didn't resist I got out of there okay. Again, what if I was black? It's a scary feeling, man. The, so I'm not know, saying I, I understand 
what it's like to walk out of your door every day as a young black man. I'm not saying I get it, right? But I understand what could happen, right? You know, it sucks, man. It's a that's a that's not a good feeling to have. That's and I'm not in the, uh, you know, I don't I don't deal with police officers that much and stuff like that. But I don't know if they even had body cams back then and stuff like that. But I know that. Um, from buddies of mine that are cops have told me, you know, any pretty much any scenario that they get in, even if you, you're just pulling somebody over for a speeding ticket, you're supposed to have a body cam on and rolling whenever they pull up to a car. In my opinion, if you are a cop and a situation happens to where something happened and it's your word against theirs and for some reason you don't have body cam footage, you should be fired. You're supposed yeah. that's that, you know, that should instantly be there's a reason why you don't have body cam footage. You didn't just forget to turn it on or something like that. That should be, yeah, you know, immediate termination in my, in my eyes, because that that's the only way to hold cops accountable. Well, I can say this when I was 16, there were no body cams. Right. I don't even think the dash had a cam. Right. Might've might've. Right. But yeah, I mean, we heard, you know, my, like I said, my dad, my dad was pissed. <clears throat> had every right to be. And I heard, we heard several years later that that guy was no longer a cop, that he had done multiple, had multiple run-ins uh, with people and, and did shitty things and eventually got fired and he couldn't get a job anywhere else. Well, but the, yeah, the, scen- the, the scenario is shitty because of like, I, I understand how intimidating it has to be to be a cop and not know what kind of a situation you're running into. And it, if if they don't, you know, if they really think that they are pulling you over because you are somebody of that they're, they're they're looking for or trying to catch, they don't know what situation they're walking into. And if they see your hands in your lap, I can understand why they might freak out a little bit. But you put your hands on the wheel, showing you didn't have a weapon or anything like that, and they didn't even ask you questions. They just acted as if the scenario was happening but they're making the scenario happen they're making this a bad scenario on their own because they think it is something that it's not does that make sense how i'm explaining that yeah and that's no, not I mean, that's not the, the right way to do it yeah no they have a dangerous job yeah. we should all and that's the other thing that's the other shitty thing about all of this is that we can't forget that you know however it doesn't give you the right, right to kidnap someone on the street, illegally search someone, um, murder someone, obviously. So no, I, I, I acknowledge that their their job is difficult and, and dangerous. Um, you know, if I, it, you know, again, if if my car fit that description, I understand why he would be approaching it like that. He could have just been saying that. And to be honest with you, a cop can say that to whoever they want. Right. Whenever they want to justify their, their breaking the rules. You know, the, the only questions he asked me was, you know, basically once I asked, you know, did I run that stop sign? No. He told me to shut up. Um, he asked me where I was coming from. I said, home, where are you going? I said, work. That was really the only conversation we had. And then it just became me getting nervous and then him getting, you know, aggressive. <laughs> essentially well you know so, and that, that's something too that i think cops overreact sometimes when it comes to uh you know people being nervous 
like, you know, you're a 16 year old kid. And if they think you are somebody else and you're acting nervous or fidgety, that doesn't mean that it's because you did something. It's because you're afraid of what's getting ready to happen because you're a 16 year old kid. Yeah. And your nervousness can be portrayed as something else. As I did something wrong and I'm now I'm nervous that I'm going to get in trouble for it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, but that, and see, that's, there's the, the counter argument to that is I don't think people become nervous necessarily until the cop puts that aggression or that sort of right. tension out there. Right. That energy, he did the cop, the cop put that energy out there. I didn't, you know, I wasn't nervous when he walked up to the car. I had been pulled over before that, you know, um, for speeding or running a stop sign or whatever. You know, I wasn't nervous until he put that energy energy out there. And and then I realized something's off about this. Then I got nervous. Then I was like, fuck, especially when the other cop comes. And I'm like, God damn. Now it's like this is a situation, <laughs> you know, and, and this is before cell phone cameras. I mean, there right. were there were people out on their lawns wondering, like, what the fuck did this stupid little white kid do? Like, <laughs> what's, I, I couldn't imagine what's going through their head. Like, what the fuck did this little kid, you know, when I was 16, man, I was still five, five or whatever. I mean, I was a small kid, you know, I'm sure people were just like, what the fuck did that little white boy do? But, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a crazy situation. So again, my point of that story is again, it might've been a boring story to some. My point of the story is again, what I think about to this day, what I thought about as recent as yesterday is what if I had been black? Right. Could have ended differently. I've, I've got a, uh, a small story that I don't have to, I'm not going to go deep into, but I'll give you the, the gist of it. I've got a good buddy of mine who is not the smartest in the world when it comes to making decisions when he's drank. So he had, he had three DUIs already. Jesus. And this is the decision he made one night after he'd already had, he already had three DUIs and he'd never had to do any time or anything like that. But after three, it's like guaranteed prison time. If you, if you get a fourth one. And so he goes out to the bar and he drinks all night long, smart enough to have his dad come pick him up and take him home. Okay, Okay. great. Gets back home, starts drinking at home and then realized he's out of cigarettes so he decides to get in his car and drive to the store to get cigarettes. Okay. Drives through one of the worst towns around here, notorious for cops being assholes and uh, trying to get people on anything they can. He gets pulled over in the middle of town and, of course, visibly drunk. And cop handcuffs him and puts him in the front seat of the cop car to take him back to the station. While they are driving... The cop punches him in the jaw on the way to the police station. Once they get to the police station, walks him in to book him or whatever they need to do, and he slams his face off the, the table at the in the front. And then cop walks away from the situation, and I guess somebody else booked him or whatever. Does that cop still have a job? I don't know. Um, I don't know what that, that scenario is. However... As soon as they let him out the next morning, he instantly took pictures of his face and everything, got a lawyer, and yeah. he ended up, I think, getting like a 120-day shock or something like that, like we, like basically weekend jail 
which is the weirdest yeah. thing I've ever heard of that you can just like go to jail on the weekends to serve your time. But yeah. yeah, he, so he ended up getting, instead of having to do like prison time, he just did like 120 day shock or whatever. However, but what I'm saying is, is that that's just, I understand that he did something really shitty and he knew the f- freaking fourth time that he's done it, but it's doesn't still, cop it's still an us. abuse of power by the cop. Yeah. It doesn't mean the cop gets to abuse him. Right. That's yeah, man, that's, as you were saying that, I, a story had come to mind, and now I forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's the other thing too: is the media will tell you that that situations like that only happen in certain places. It happens everywhere, right? It happens everywhere. Now, again, there should be no excuse, right? It, it it doesn't it doesn't minimize or take away from what's going on right now, right? But it does, and the idea that there's a narrative behind that. No, no, no. It doesn't happen everywhere like that. No, it does. It does. Um, God, what was the story I was thinking of? Damn it. <laughs> I can't remember, man. Oh, 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 oh. Well, you said that when you said this isn't a story, but it kind of, but so when you said he got handcuffed and put in the front seat, that's happened to me before. So it's the most uncomfortable fucking thing because they have that, Cop cars now have that that computer that mm-hmm. swings over mm-hmm. and takes up most of the room. So I was like handcuffed with like my arms up behind my back and my head against the window and the computer like on my face. <laughs> anyway, I don't, the only reason I bring that up is because that it's fucking uncomfortable. So getting punched in the jaw while that's happening, I can only imagine. Right. You can't like, I, not, that you, not, not that you should be able to defend yourself, but still, I mean, you have your hands behind your back. There's literally nothing yeah. you can do if somebody's going to punch you in the jaw. Yeah. And if the, and if that makes you feel good to hit somebody that's defenseless. Yeah, you're a pussy. Yeah. Why I didn't break I didn't break the law by the way. I knew you were going to ask Why why like, were wow. you handcuffed and put in the car? <laughs> I had a warrant that I was unaware of. Um All right, I'll give you the short version of the story. So I was going somewhere um I was going somewhere for dinner on the way there something happened in my car that I was driving at the time. Um, so I left it on the side of the road. I got picked up by someone I was meeting at the dinner. So after the dinner was over, they brought me back to my car. Um, I was going to try to get it fixed and get out of there. Well, when I get back, there's a cop car sitting behind my car with its lights on. So I'm thinking, well, I left a car abandoned on the road. That's why they're there. So I casually, after having two beers, two or three beers, by the way, but Casually walk up and I go, oh, sorry, officer, this is my car. I'm going to have it, going to have it. If I can't get it started, I'm going to get it, get it towed out of here or whatever. And he goes, this is your car. I go, yeah. He goes, do you have a license? I go, yeah. Give him my ID. He goes, turn around. I was like, what? He goes, turn around, put your hands behind your back. And I'm like, what am I being arrested for? He goes, you have a, an outstanding warrant, this and that. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, you have a warrant. And I'm like, from what? And he's like, I can't tell you that right now. So he puts me in the front seat of the car. So it turns out I had a a ticket that I thought was fixed, not get fixed. Apparently one of the clerks at the city where the ticket was given to me screwed it up and didn't send off the payment or whatever it was. So I had a warrant, a warrant out from my arrest for avoiding court and all that good stuff. Wow. Yeah. 
So the good thing is this, is they let me go that evening. Thank God I didn't have to go spend the night in, in county jail because this was in this happened in Chesterfield, of all places for this to happen. <laughs> good old, beautiful soccer mom Chesterfield. Um, but they, you know, I was, you know, he eventually was like, you better hope someone's in a good mood tonight. If not, I'm going to have to transfer you to county, which was, you know, that would have been a good 30 minute drive with my head pinned against the window and a computer <laughs> on my face. I'm sure he would have moved the computer for me. But um, <laughs> so thankfully they let me go that night and I was able to talk to my attorney and get the whole thing cleared up. But yeah, that would have sucked spending the night in jail. Oh, that night I was supposed to go see Sponge at Cicero's. <laughs> Ended up missing him. And my friends were hanging out. My friends who I was supposed to meet there because I didn't end up getting back home until 1130 midnight. My friends ended up hanging out with Vinny, the lead singer. Um, and they were you know, texting me the entire time. Like, oh, we're with Vinny. Where are you? I'm like, I'm f- I can't, can't answer you right now. That sucks. Um, so, yeah. I will tell you a little bit of a lengthy story. This is a story that I don't really talk about very much, but now I'm going to tell everybody. Oh, shit. Tell uh, the world. I'm not going to give names. I'm not going to give places or anything like that, but I had a scenario where uh, a place that I worked, which was a just like a store, after high school, I was an assistant manager, and I had a scenario where one night I was closing the store, and I left there. I went to another town on my way home and stopped at a restaurant to get something, left there. Uh, so basically what I did was I went to a, a, a different town, I stopped at a restaurant to get a slushy deal for my girlfriend at the time. I left, I paid there. I know this is weird, but listen to the story. So slushy deal sounds funny, but I won't. won't. (laughs) So anyway, so I left, I left there. I took it to her at her, where she was working. And then I went home, went to bed. I wake up uh, to a phone call the next morning for the person who is opening the store that I worked at saying that the place has been robbed. Mm. somebody has come in, they have, uh, they got into the safe, they took the money out of the safe and left. So oddly enough, this looks very bad on my part because I closed the store the night before. There was no forced entry into the store. So whoever got into the store had a key to the store, also had the alarm code to turn the alarm off and had the code to the safe because they didn't break into the safe. So whoever has done this is stupid enough. I mean, they, they didn't like even attempt to make it look like they didn't have all these things. Yeah, they didn't right, try right. to make it look like a robbery. Yeah. They they walked away with like 3600 bucks, something like that. Uh, so, of course, I, as I jump in my car as soon as it happens. I drive straight over there police are there uh you know i I, so of course they take i go to the station i never got arrested or anything like that but i I went to the police station with them explained everything and uh they immediately wanted me to take a lie detector test and uh so before before that happened i was able to get a hold of a lawyer lawyer said you are definitely not doing that so uh 
the cops ended up, or they let me go. Cops ended up calling me later, I think the next day, and said, hey, we want you to come down to the station and go ahead and do this lie detector test. So I immediately called my lawyer. My lawyer said, uh, no, you're not doing that. I will call the police station right now and tell them the situation uh, because he said that when it comes to a lie detector test, just having a cup of coffee in the morning can set off a lie detector test. He's like, all they are trying to do is immediately get somebody for doing this and they're going and the lie detector test is probably going to do that. So uh, I had my alibi was that the same time that the alarm was turned off, I was in the other town and had a receipt for stopping at that restaurant to get that slushy. So once I once I took that receipt to the police station, I never heard another word about anything. So the funniest thing from the story is what saved you. Yes. But for real, how much money did you get away with? Funny. Funny. No, I <laughs> I the 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 really shitty thing is is I know who did it. Yeah. And I had no way of proving it. They didn't they couldn't pull fingerprints off of anything or anything like that. You didn't snitch, did you? No. Okay. But I mean, it would, it would have done me no good. Yeah, I hear you. But there was no, none of the stores around had a good enough camera footage to see what car vehicle drove up or anything like that. But I mean, but the police of course, like checked my bank accounts to make sure I didn't make a deposit of that money. They, they came, they checked my storage shed that I had at the time. They checked my house everything yeah. and searched everywhere and didn't find anything. And I'm like, of course, cause I didn't freaking do anything. I was like, I have an alibi to show that I was in a different town at the same time that the alarm was set off. And I was like, you would think you would be talking to other people in this situation than me. If I've proven to you that I wasn't there. Yeah. God, this story just encapsulates small town living. Yeah, pretty much. God damn. I don't know <laughs> anything about that. That's funny though. <laughs> It's, it's it was a, it was a mess up situation and you know what's weird too so like as you were telling that story it got me thinking about what if you had what if during that entire process you had a camera phone out recording the entire thing every interaction you had every question you were you know what i mean because like so much with what goes on now people just pull out their phones and they immediately start recording right you know when i so look, when I was a teenager and I got into my fair share of trouble, we had cell phones. They didn't have cameras. Right. You know, we had snake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it fucking, right. So like I, I it made me think like so we had so that same friend I, I told you I sent a text was talking to yesterday. I remember when we were and this is a little bit later, I think we were like 18 or 19, but we're driving two nights in a row in the same area. Of, of the neighborhood that he and I grew up in. We get pulled over by the same cop. Two nights in a row, my car, same area, okay? Same street, same position of the street, like same everything. Two nights in a row. The first night, complete dick to us. You know, wants to search my car, wants to frisk us. You know, n- there were there were there there was no negotiating. It was just my way or the highway, you're, you're fucked basically, right? Now he ended up letting us go because we didn't have shit. We weren't doing shit, you know what I mean? Uh, the next night get pulled over again, same cop, same area. This time we may have had reason to be a little bit worried if he 
searches the car or frisks us. So he is talking to us, and I go to my friend. I go, is that the same? He takes my license and my insurance, goes back to the car to run the check or whatever. I go, is that that same fucking cop? He goes, man, yeah, it's the same fucking dude. And I was like, wow. So when he comes back, I go, Do, should I say something? He goes, wait and see what he says. And he goes, well, where are you guys going? I go, same place we were going last night. That's how I responded. He goes, what? I go, you pulled us, up. me and him over last night. You don't remember us? I go, we're going to my house. That's where we were going last night. And he goes, where are you coming from? I was like, 7-Eleven. It's right there. And he's, you know, so... He walks around, takes out the flashlight, is walking around my car, shining it in my car. So on the car that I had at the time, in the very back of the car on the window, I had a decal. It was a University City Fire Department decal. My dad was a firefighter. My dad specifically put that on there for these situations. So if you ever get into a little bit of trouble or have a run-in with a police officer, if they see that, they might go a little bit easy on you. So he walks around, going around the back, sees it. Comes back up, he goes, who works for University City? I was like, my dad. I goes, what does he do? Fire department. What does he do? Like, He's a chief. He goes, you guys have a good night. He hands me back my stuff. He lets us go. I was like, well, I'm going to keep that there for as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was the same fucking dude two nights in a row. But I'm thinking, like, could you imagine if we had phones that we could record on? Right. How different would those situations have been? You know what I mean? Yeah, the, you best believe the passenger is going to pull out a phone and start recording. Right, and you know, you know and you, you have, you, and that's the other thing too is you have to think that cops know that. But oh, it's yeah. something I might have mentioned on here before that the scenario can get worse if the person in the car is doing that on purpose. I mean, like you, you your your situation wasn't that bad. He's seen that and let you guys go. But if you were one of those people who, as soon as he pulled up, came up to your car you hit that record button and he knows that that situation could be a lot worse. And, but my thing is, is I think that people, some people do that on purpose, knowing that this situation is going to get worse because I am doing this on purpose, but they want to be able to have that video to show to the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that's not, that's not called for. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different time. You know, like I said, he, that second time, we could have gotten in trouble for some stuff. But right. <laughs> the decal saved me. But it's, still, but that's, t- it's still weird that that cop didn't realize that he just pulled you over the night before. Unless he was just playing it off that... I mean, I don't know, man. It's not like I was driving... I drove a Dodge Shadow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it, I don't know. It, the whole thing. But I mean, I went home and... I didn't give my dad specifics. I was, I was like, I was like, Hey, got pulled over. Appreciate the decal. Appreciate the sticker. <laughs> what happened? I was like, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, that's, it's completely different now, man. So I just think about that stuff a lot, you know, thinking of some of the, the situations I got myself into probably unnecessary at times. God, I was a, to believe me, I was a shithead when I was a teenager. And treat people poorly, but you know, I mean, I, I was a teenager. Well, like every other teenager, we did, we acted out sometimes. It's fucking part of life. Um, never hurt anyone, you know what I mean? Right. But, 
All right, so let's wrap this bad boy up with something that you had mentioned before the show or before we started recording this morning. Uh, the emotion this year has caused as far as St. Louis possibly having one of the biggest concert runs in St. Louis history, it seems like, and almost all of them have been canceled. You look at me really? like you're confused by what I'm saying. Uh, well, I didn't know it was considered that. How so? I just mean with the amount of concerts that were coming through and a lot of the big names that were coming through St. Louis this year. It's been a yeah, long... Give me some examples. It's been a long time. Well, Rage was supposed to come through. That was a big one. That was a big one, right? Wasn't per- Pearl Jam was supposed to be coming through too, right? Another big one. Another big one. I mean, I'm being sarcastic. But I know I'm you just are. Wanting you to, I'm wanting you to remind me of who you're talking about. Yeah. Well, what I'm, else you got? Like, what other big ones? For real. Know, I'm being serious. I don't know off the top of my head. I just know there was a lot, well, of, a lot of big shows coming through this year. I mean, okay. I, I could look up a list and give you a are list. You sad if you about? Like. Are you so? Which are you sad about that are not happening? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to have a list. So they they because I, I I didn't I didn't have any uh, tickets to anything this year. Oh, you didn't have tickets to Point Fest. You usually go to Point no, Fest. I normally do, but no, I didn't. Were you gonna go? Maybe. It's because they finally put the kibosh on that. I noticed. It's not gonna happen. It's a bummer. I noticed. What was that? Explain that, to the was, explain wasn't there... to the people what Point Fest is though. So if they're if they're outside of St. Louis, they don't know what the hell we're talking about. So Point Fest being 1057 the point the radio <laughs> station. Yeah, I don't I'm not a salesman. Anyway, so anybody who might not know what Point Fest is is a yearly show that St. Louis puts on or the 1057 the point radio station puts on. It has changed yeah. every year it seems like. They've gone from 30 bands for 30 bucks to you know doing two day events and you know all this other kind of stuff and you have actually been a part of how many of those? Uh, I don't know, man. Don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to sound cool, but I honestly don't know. Uh, I would say, well, I'll tell you this. I've played, I've played a point fest with three different bands. So I've probably done, I would say six, maybe. Okay. So how many were, I know you played side stage at least once where the rest of were other instances on side stages also, or are they pop stages? Pop stages being pops nightclub stage. Oh, um, yeah, no, no. So wait, what, what was the question? You, you, you played point fest six times. I think so. What stage, what stages were you on when you played those six times? The first one I ever did was on the pop stage. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, but when the Point and Pops started doing the battle, it was to play the main stage. Okay. So the winner, actually, there were two main stage winners. Okay. Uh, and then they that stopped happening, so then it became side stage. So yeah, the first one I did was the... Well, okay, no, so look. This is so boring. Who cares about me? Um, <laughs> so the evolution of me playing it is this. I played the Pop stage one year so the band that i played with we didn't do a lot 
well, let me say this. We didn't do nearly as much in St. Louis as the other bands that I've been in. Okay. Uh, so I would say that it was a little bit odd for us to be with that group of bands playing Point Fest. Now, we did do the battle. We thought that was a good idea. And that year that we, honestly, that year that we did the battle, and that was the that was actually the final year that the winner played the main stage, main stage. That That battle was at the time like a who's who of st louis bands like the sunday night local show battle things or just the sunday night local show that was like a legitimate party every week it's much different than it is now right um but i remember that specifically with that band i was in like that was a who's who of bands like you could have any one of the bands could have won you'd be like oh that makes sense it probably wouldn't have made sense if my band won. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> I think we're the, we were the outlier. But yeah, it was a bunch of great fucking bands. Um, so we did that one, but then I didn't... Shortly after that Point Fest, that band, we broke up, and I didn't, I didn't play in a band for like three years, probably. Um, I was finishing school, uh, doing stuff like that. So yeah, I, didn't pro- I probably didn't play in a band while trying to finish school. And then just working and just being a fuckhead. So it had been a couple of years since I had even been to a Point Fest. I think I went to one in between the time that I would have played one and then played my next. I think maybe, maybe I just attended one as a fan. Um, but then there was a stretch where I played like five in a row, I want to say. I don't, I don't even know the third no. band that you were with. Yeah, don't worry. It doesn't matter. Okay. You, you won't know who it is. Okay. No one will. Like I said, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't establish a popularity or anything or like a fan base necessarily in St. Louis. We did a lot of stuff out of town and so it just, it's a, it was, it was, it was a weird thing. Um, but, um, yeah, so I don't play quite a few, man. I have a lot of memories, but I also have memories of going before I was ever playing them too. going as a, as a fan. It was like a rite of passage. I think at some point to go to point fest, if you hadn't been to a point fest, people who had been like, really, you haven't gone. Do you know? But I remember, do you remember your first one? Like who played? No. So I actually went, I, you, this is going to surprise you, I think, but I actually went later on. Like I didn't start going to them at a young age. Uh, My first one was point fest 13. And I had to look this up, but that was 2001. And the headliners were, uh, Weezer and Run DMC. Dang. See, I think yeah. I don't. I think my first Point Fest was uh, 06, maybe. 06. Yeah, I think the year that I graduated high school was the first one that I went to. And I think. Do you remember the bands that played? I'm pretty sure Shine Down was on main stage. So does this ring a bell? I, I, I have it pulled up. Okay. Coheed and Cambria, Avenged Sevenfold, Shine Down, Trapped, Ten Years Hurt. Does that, that ring a bell? That sounds about right. That was Point Fest 18 in 2006. Yeah. May 6th, 2006. And then Point Fest 19 was on August 5th, 2006. It was Stained, Breaking Benjamin, Hurt, Blue October, Three Days Great. Holy butt rock. Do you hear this lineup? Listen to this again. St- Stained, Breaking Benjamin, Hurt, Blue October, Three Days Grace, Buck Cherry, Evans Blue, Blackstone Cherry, Inimical Drive. I'm excluding an inimical drive from the Butt Rock statement, but Jesus Christ. 
That's crazy. I don't know if I was I I don't know if I was there or not. Well, maybe you were Point Fest twenty when Lie opened up the main stage. Do you remember the band Lie? No. They were the local show winner. Really, really good fucking band. And I, I is that, that L- was is one that L Y E? L Y E. Yeah. That does ring a bell. So I remember. For some reason. I went to that one. I was a fan, and it was the year before. I want to say it was the year before. Yeah, it was. As I'm looking at it, it was the year before the one that I, the first one that I played. But I remember watching Lie play the main stage, and I was in that band I was in. And I was, I was just remember going back to them being like, guys, we got to do this battle, man. Like this band played for fucking 5,000 fucking people. Like this was insane. Right. It was probably more than 5,000, but it was, it was still light out. You know, that weird sort of transition from the side stages to the main stage. People are off fucking off and fucking around and yeah, they're people, making it, the lawn and I, I, they I played for a lot of fucking people, man. Yeah. I always felt shitty for that first band though, that played main stage because they're, it's in that transition from the people coming from the side stages to the main stage. So you're not, you know, there's a lot of coming and going with people and all that kind of stuff while you're trying to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. So that point fest was point fest 20. The main stage was lie red romance. I don't know who the fuck that is. I've heard of them. Red jumpsuit apparatus, wolf mother and the killers. I was there for that one. The side stages were, Oh my God, I forgot about this. Bullet for My Valentine, Say Anything, Modern Day Zero, Papa Roach, The Exes, Flyleaf, Smile, Empty Soul, Drop, Dropping, God, I forgot about that band, Dropping Daylight, Medina Lake. Wow, I forgot about them too. That was the first time that I actually seen Medina Lake, and that may be, and you might think I'm crazy, uh, but that that side stage performance by Medina Lake might be one of my favorite performances that I've seen a band do. As far as being like a really fun band to watch. You know who those guys are, right? What do you mean? The twin brothers of Medina Lake. Yeah. What do you mean? I know who they are. Do you know how they got their money for their record and stuff? Fear Factor. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you knowing stuff. Uh-huh. Um, actually, a lot I think, of local I, I, actually, one. I the only reason I know that, and I just learned that this past year, was Moon told that story on The Point. Did he? Yeah. Uh, I actually met the dudes in Medina Lake. Really nice guys. And you know that one of them got almost beaten to death in the street in Chicago? Uh-uh. He was trying to break up a domestic disturbance because um, the guy was, like, hitting his wife. And the guy ended up hitting on the guy from Medina Lake, too. Badly, badly injured. Man. Yeah. That was years ago. God, that was a long time ago. But Do you remember, did, um, did you say, was some 41 on that bill, too? Did you mention some 41? I don't think so. No. Okay. A lot of they, good local bands. I think they, I think they on played one. one around that that time. But uh, do you remember the band Say Anything? I do. I was, I'm a fan. I like them. I like them. Um, yeah, that's as far as I'll go. But but still, uh-huh. but still, the fact that Bullet for My Valentine and Papa Roach were both on side stages is crazy. Well, get this. I mean, so the local bands and I'm using air quotes Cabo and Shaman's Harvest are on that list on that list that's nuts so Murder in a Tuxedo god damn that was so that was a band that I played when I did play in St. Louis I played with them quite a bit still to this day one of my favorite St. Louis bands they were just I've never even heard of them heard of them 
they're just different in every way. Uh, they were really good. Um, Point Fest 20. Well, we'll just go through the list here. Okay. While we have time. Point Fest 21, 2007, main stage, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Seether, Finger 11, and then 13 Days was the last main stage winner to to play the main stage. That was the one that I, I my band was on, the battle. So 13 Days won. But just to give you an idea of the, so the local bands that were, who was a part of that battle? Oh, that was the first Point Fest that Brook Royal played. Oh wow! No one knew who they were. That was that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Elusive, social, uh, Soul Descenders, Social Slave. Who else was on it? I thought Inimical Drive was on it. But I guess I'm wrong. Hmm. That's weird. I th- I always thought that they were, but that anyway. So that was a derailed. That's right. Derailed was on it. A lot of good local bands there. Uh, Point Fest 22. This is an odd one to me. Actually, a cool one. Main stage, Surge Tankian, Shine Down, Kill Switch Engage, Filter. Yeah, I was at that one. The New Amsterdam stage, Coheed and Cambria, Hurt, Ludo, 10 Years, Red, Safety Suit, Cabo. The Jägermeister stage. This is a lot of bands. Finger 11, Copperview, Cabo, Theory of a Dead. Why is Cabo listed twice? Theory of, Theory of a Dead Man, Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, <laughs> Luca Brasi. I have lots of stories about those dudes. The Scary Kids, Scaring Kids? Yeah. Uh, Pops Local Stage, New Translation, Soul Descenders, Sunday But Summer, Strychnine Hollow, Bare Knuckle Conflict, Feed the Flame, Inimical Drive, Fivefold. Point Fest 23, the main stage, Seether, Shine Down, Puddle of Mud, Bull for My Valentine, Apocalyptica. How was that that one? Were you? I yep. was not. Uh, was I at this one? No, I was not at this one. It doesn't ring a bell. Minutes till midnight, geez. 12 summers old. I'm just looking at some of the local bands. So I was going to tell you one of my favorite ones, but I think you're going to make fun of me. More than likely. It's just going to be because of who I say I enjoyed seeing. Okay. It was a good. It was a good moment. But let me find it. So Point Fest seventeen was. This is in two thousand five, but this is one I remember going to and actually enjoying. But it was Breaking Benjamin, Mudvayne, Story of the Year, Imagine Modern that. Day Zero, Some Forty One played that one. Unwritten Law, Ultra Blue, which was a local band that I really really liked. Um, Blood Simple, Morningside. So Morningside, do you remember the band Morningside? Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. So that's Jack from Brook Royal and mm-hmm. The Poor. Mm-hmm. That was a band he put together with, I want to say, one or two of the dudes from Evanescence. Oh, wow. Um, that, does, that does make sense because we actually, if you go back and listen to uh, our CEP episode with Brook Royal, he talks a lot about them going on tour with Evanescence. Yeah, yeah. So this particular show, I really enjoyed Mudvayne. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> so I think an unwritten law was really good. But no, it was just a it was just a cool moment because I remember, you know, when it gets, you know, you're in May. I was sunburned. I was tired. I'd been there all day, but they played second to last. So it was dark now. It's cooling down. So it's just one of those moments where the sun's almost down, you know, and it's darker and the, the main stage looks better. But he put on he gave this speech about 
troops in the Middle East and like, let's send our positive energy to them. It was just a really cool moment that I'm never going to, it was just a really cool thing. I don't know. That's just me being nerdy, I guess. But, um, so that's, that's one that I definitely remember being one of my favorites. The first one I went to was one of my favorites too, because of the, the lineup there. Um, what else, what are some of your other favorites, man? You're not giving me any memories. Uh, I mean, as far as I have two memor like two actual point fest memories that aren't memories that I'm ex- I liked just because of the band playing, but probably my favorite memory, which is sad, but is the year that Puddle of Mud played. I don't know what year what year this was. But that Puddle of Mud played, and Wes was so out of his mind that he thought after every song it was over and he was done because he said goodnight like three times and they had to walk him back out on stage. And that was the point where the point said that they would never have Puddle of Mud back. And I guess they broke that this year because they were supposed to be on that Point Fest lineup. So, what was the lineup this year? I don't have it in front of me. I think like, so like pa- Papa Roach was on it. Dinosaur Pileup was on it. No idea who that is. That's a newer band. Um, um, so, you, you, so you got enjoyment out of a person's downfall. That's good, man. You're a good dude. Uh-huh. I'm a great person. And the, the second the second memory that I have was actually because of my nephew. So I, again, I can't tell you what year it was. It wasn't too long ago, though. But uh, Hollywood Undead was on a side stage. And we wanted to be up close. So we got up to maybe like two or three rows behind the front and it got so insane with how many people were there and crowd surfing that you couldn't even enjoy or even see them because you were trying to pay attention to all the people that were coming over your head and try not to get knocked out by people who do not know how to crowd surf and wear steel toe boots and kick you in the back of the head and all stupid shit. But anyways, we were... So me and him and my wife decided to make it make our way out of this crowd somehow so we're just like holding each other's hands trying to make it through the crowd and all of a sudden we got into like a mosh pit and trying to navigate our way through it and this guy got up in my nephew's face and my nephew just grabbed him by the neck and threw him down and then we just kept on walking i was like that was freaking awesome i just i just was like really proud of him for doing it (laughs) so not only do you like people's downfalls, but mm-hmm. you bully people. Look at you. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, my life. It's the way I live. I'm trying to find Point Fest this year. You don't remember what year that was? No. The Hollywood Undead. They played a couple of them. Yeah. There was, do, you like, there was, do you like Hollywood oh. Undead? So, one of the years they played, I played, and they got my the rest of my band completely shit-faced backstage doing keg stands and all kinds of shit. Yeah. We won't get into that story. I think I'm, <laughs> I don't think legally I can talk about it. I think, I think <laughs> I didn't sign an NDA, but I think I'm not supposed to talk about it. Um, I was going to say it might've been one of the times I remember I was on the side of the stage while they were playing like on stage and the fucking drummer spit on my leg. Yeah. Like, lower. Yeah. Just, giant loogie he's like hey thanks man he like apologized afterwards i was like it's all good man i shouldn't have been standing there anyway like a douchebag i can't find the lineup for this year but yeah it sucks that it's gonna be canceled man oh dude how can you not how can you not find the lineup for this year i don't know i don't feel like searching you do this put in the effort okay give me two seconds
going to find it. I'd say one of my other... God. Your other? Saying one of my other just sort of memories of Point Fest. I'm trying to think of like other performances that I really enjoyed. I'm just trying to think of like odd bands that you typically like. I remember Mute Math played one that was really good. That was really good. I'm trying to think like odd odd bands, but well, hang on. See, you can't find it either. Well, it's showing me the it's showing me the artwork. But it's saying see you in 2021 because it's a cancellation post. Dang, that's a good lineup. So that they're showing a Point Fest flashback from 2016. Was Deftone, Chevelle, Bring Me the Horizon, Coheed and Cambria, The Struts, Flogging Molly, Story of the Year, Highly Suspect, Six Puppies, The Hush List, and Holy White Hounds? Oh, yeah. I remember that one. I didn't go, but I remember it. And the next one was Point Fest 35 when Corn had to cancel and then Chris Cornell died. I, I did get to see Chris Cornell. He, I think it was... No, it wasn't a Point Fest. I, he played the one time that I seen Lincoln Park in St. Louis. Chris Cornell was on that bill by himself. Sounds of the Underground. I don't know. I think it was. I think he was just billed as Chris Cornell. Yeah, no, no. But the tour was called Sounds of the Underground. Oh, was, was that it? the one with uh, Busta Rhymes? Maybe, but Busta Rhymes wasn't in St. Louis. Hmm. I know what you're talking about, though. Because it's annoying. I can't find it. What the hell? Man, eh, it's fine. Not happening. Gay. Yay. Anyways, there's a lot of uh, even the people on. So like the points been doing this flashback point fest flashback deal over the past couple of months or months or weeks or whatever. Yeah, and even and even all of them are kind of like I remember that, but I couldn't tell you what point fest that was. There's been so many bands in over so many years. Oh, yeah. And that's why I like I can tell you who I've seen live, but I can't tell you when or you know when it was or anything like that. But like I said, it used to be like thirty bands for thirty bucks if you were on the lawn. I mean, you see thirty bands in one day. Yeah, it's you know it they just fall over the top of each other after a while. But yeah, Foxy Shazam, that was another. Oh yeah, I remember that. They played. That was the one that. Incubus played, but I didn't get to see Incubus. I was there. Didn't get to see him. I'm sorry? I won't get into I won't get into it. Okay. What happened to me. Okay. God, remember Middle Class Rut? Yes, I do, actually. What was that? What was their big song? New Low. I'm trying to think of how that went. I kind of think... I kind of think I got the beat in my head from it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it to you. <laughs> Why not? Come on. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, I don't know. So maybe we'll see Point Fest. Oh, yeah, Seven Dust played Point Fest 28. That was a good one. I remember that. The Damned Things played one. That's right. That's always good. So hopefully we're not saying RIP Point Fest. It's just this year. We'll see. 
how soon concerts come back to St. Louis? I mean, there's still some shows that haven't been canceled yet. I don't know. We'll see. I, the, as far as I know, the, uh, story of the year show at the, the three shows that they're doing at FUBAR or no, the red flag, I think. Yeah. Those are still, they rescheduled them for July and they're still supposed to be going on. Hmm. What are those words you just said? Where? Where are they happening? The red flag. I don't know what that is. So it's FUBAR. It's the new place. It's the new FUBAR. Did FUBAR close? Yeah, but I think they reopened again, but they weren't supposed to. I don't know what that situation is. So confused. Okay. Well, now, okay. That makes sense. I remember you actually, now that you've said that, I remember you saying that. Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just forgot. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I'd like to go to, I haven't been to a show in so long, so hopefully they come back sooner than later. It's not like I'm going to have time anytime soon to go to one, but. Yeah, you're screwed. Take the little dude to shows. I mean, it's probably safe to wait a couple of years. (laughs) Yeah, just put noise canceling headphones on and we'll be fine. I I have seen that. That is, that's weird to me. No, come on, dude. What? That's just weird. It's got to learn somehow. I get it, but still weird. I've already been playing um, rude and crude music while he's been in the womb, so. Have you? Yeah. Like what? We've been playing them. We've been playing them everything, but I put on some some good stuff. Some mud, Mudvayne? He might come out knowing curse words. Considering, that. considering Mudvayne's your favorite band. I have not played a Mudvayne at all. <laughs> but now I will. That you've said that. I can't believe that. That's the, the want band. To make fun of that's a band that you've, band. you've seen more than any other band ever. Not true. I've seen Incubus more than any band ever. Um, Mudvayne's close. No, no, no. Deftones. So it's Incubus and Deftones I've seen the most. P.O.D. would come in third place and then maybe Mudvayne's there. P.O.D.'s always a fun band to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> They are uh, one of my first concerts ever. Saw them when I was a young lad. No one knew who they were. And it was a Christian. It was a Christian show I was at. But um, so yeah, they hold a special place in my heart. The gentlemen <laughs> in theory. They're a really good band, though. They got a lot of good, good stuff. Yeah. Energetic on stage. I don't know, man. Let's go enjoy the weather. <clears throat> I am absolutely ready for that. And we are out. Oh.